Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, this is Devendra here. In our last episode of the Engadget podcast, I talked about my experience reviewing Half-Life Alex, the new VR game from Valve. I also had a chance to sit down and chat with Valve developers Kerry Davis and Dario Casali to discuss what it was like bringing this whole universe into virtual reality. We talked about their inspiration to explore VR and specifically to bring Half-Life to VR compared to a lot of the other franchises Valve has. If you're interested in the VR landscape or just Half-Life in general, I think it's worth taking a listen to their process for developing Half-Life Alex. And if you want to hear more specifics about the game, be sure to check out my full discussion in our last episode. I also wrote up a review at Engadget, and uh, there's a video review too, so you can check that out. And if you're interested in hearing more about Kerry Davis's thoughts on VR, he also did a presentation at DigiPen last year uh, discussing what it was like to develop for an entirely new medium. So with that, here's my interview with Kerry Davis and Dario Casali. Could you guys introduce yourselves and your roles at Valve? Hi, I'm uh, Kerry Davis. I am a programmer. Uh, I'm Dario Casali. I'm a level designer. So my first question for you, what was the impetus for bringing Half-Life to VR? And how long did you guys spend developing this game? Uh, Dario? Uh, yeah, I can start. Um, so it's been... Uh, oh, yeah. And please say your names when you speak to, just so we can keep track of you guys. Oh, this is Dario. It's been uh, roughly four years since the very beginning development of the game. Um, the, the game started out as, uh, an exploration of VR rather than, um, uh, we're going to just, uh, work with Half-Life IP. Um, after we shipped the lab and, uh, we were working on, um, the Vive, uh, we decided we were going to push into the VR space a little harder. And, uh, with the hardware we were developing, we wanted a, um, a big software app that would push, uh, the hardware along. Um, so once we finished with the lab, we were looking around to see, you know, what, what could that big, um, yeah. game. I wonder what gamers could really jump on immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I mean, it, Half-Life wasn't the, uh, the first obvious choice. We, we, we kind of looked, uh, through several IPs to see which one would be the best fit. Um, and the, we built a 20 minute, um, VR demo in the Half-Life 2 assets from many years ago, 12, 13 years ago. Um, and with that demo, we, we realized that the Half-Life mechanics translated pretty well to VR and in many cases became even more compelling um, than we remember uh, back uh, when we put the last Half-Life game out. 
Uh, so on based on the strength of that demo and the interest that that uh, revived in the company, because everybody's very, very fond of Half-Life at Valve. Uh, so it wasn't a difficult sell um, once we had a, a, a strong demo um, to, to attract people's interest in that product. And then it began that way. Excellent. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Yeah, it was, it was definitely, you know, we, we looked at other IPs and uh, right off the bat, we thought we'd probably stay away from multiplayer uh, because of just the limited <laughs> install base at the time, which has actually grown yeah. quite a bit since then, but it was a reasonable, reasonable thought. And, uh, you know, Portal was interesting because we'd sort of used the, the Portal universe in the lab. Uh, but when we actually looked at the portal gameplay, which involved a lot of flinging and flying through oh, portals man. and sailing through the air, and you know there was the, that could potentially be problematic for a lot of players. Uh, and and definitely once we did the experiment with Half Life, uh, it just got everyone excited. And it, we had many people at the company who worked on Half Life One and Two, and mm-hmm. they got excited to come back to the to the IP. And then we have so many new employees over the past 12, 13 years who have come in wanting to work on a live project and so when we saw that this would be a great ip for uh vr they were excited to jump on so it sort of it just uh, energized everybody that this was the right project to be doing and this was the right platform to be doing it on it does seem like also the perfect fit to you I, I think people think of half-life as a series that marks key milestones for pc gaming so the first game felt like a narrative milestone half-life 2 was all about physics when Nobody was really thinking about physics in that way. Um, did, I, I guess you guys didn't plan this from the start, but it does end up being part of that Half-Life legacy, right? Of a new milestone of VR gaming, I assume. You have that exactly right. It was one of the uh, questions we kept asking ourselves over the past uh, decade or so when considering the Half-Life IP was what is the what shape will this take? You know, what form will it take? What is the big... Uh, what's the innovation we want to put in this? What are we going to push forward with this game? Um, and the VR uh, platform was our answer, um, or was an answer to that question. Um, and as you say, it's it's quite a novel, quite a, a, a new platform, which we're just beginning to explore. Um, so that was, uh, it was very fitting that that would be the, the kind of the, the tentpole, the centerpiece of this new uh, Half-Life game. Gotcha. And have you guys been thinking about VR, you know, before this? Uh, what were your thoughts on the state of VR in general um, before even the Vive launched? It seems like a contentious topic for a lot of developers because I I feel like a lot of people were maybe burned in the 90s when there was like that that slight push and then everybody kind of, yeah, forgot about it entirely. Yeah, I wasn't uh, in the gaming industry during the, the last few attempts at VR, but I was definitely somebody who would go to the arcade and, and try playing it. And uh, yeah, 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 that was that was really rough, especially someone who's who's prone to motion sickness. So I, I was skeptical right up until we had uh, a prototype built in house and I was invited down to run a demo on it and I tried it out and it just it blew my mind. I was like, finally, VR is actually something that could be real. So ever since then, I've been a strong advocate for VR and, and really wanted to work on a VR project. And so this came along and it was the perfect opportunity. So I'm I'm a huge fan of VR now. I'm loving it and I'm hoping it's here to stay. Um, yeah, we had uh, in-house, we had quite a few prototypes for VR, um, uh, a, good, a good time before the Vive project began. 
Um, we, we were working on room, tra room space tracking, um, I'm, I'm guessing it was at least a couple of years before the Vive project. Um, and so all of those early um, demos and experiments were all really, really interesting and really promising. So I think it's been sort of, it's been in our, in our uh, uh, focus for, for quite a while at Valve. I've been waiting to see more titles from Valve. So it's really, it's interesting to me to see you guys go down this path. Uh, can we expect more VR titles from you down the line? Or are you kind of waiting to see what the reception of this one is? Uh, I think our primary goal at this moment is to get this one finished and out the door. <laughs> uh, it's It's been kind of a wild shipping cycle. But uh -huh. uh, I know that everybody on the team is is just super excited now about... I mean, we're excited about VR. We're excited about Half-Life. We haven't decided what's going to come next. That will all, all those discussions will start happening once this project is out. Um, but it's really going to be, you know, seeing what people think, see what they like, mm -hmm. what they don't like, what they want. Uh, and, you know, we'll start making, uh, making choices from there, I guess. Yeah, it's funny you brought up Portal, too, because I really enjoyed uh, that little bit of Portal we got uh, with the index, uh, just trying out hand tracking. But I can imagine the whole portal setup would also be really difficult to solve. At the same time, I feel like whoever, if you guys solve that, that would be mind-blowing. Because the game Portal 1 and 2 also kind of gave me that trippy, transformative experience when I was playing it on a monitor. I can imagine doing that in VR. It would just be insane. I have a question for you about the gravity gloves, uh, which feels like that's the key mechanic in the game, just like the gravity gun in Half-Life 2. What were your steps leading up to that? Did you guys want to replicate that feeling of controlling objects in the game with the gravity gun? Uh, and also, how did you fine tune even even that mechanic? Because VR mechanics are very strange. This one, you have to kind of point an object with your fingers and kind of flick your wrists. Uh, that's yeah, it's not just a button on a controller. It's not just like a joystick movement. It's a it's a physical movement. How did you guys go about designing that? And yeah, you know, what were the earlier iterations of that that maybe didn't work out so well? Yeah, we felt that uh, you know, the gravity gun was such an iconic part of Half Life Two, and if we could uh, have some piece of that in this game, you know, we're definitely exploring everything from the franchise to see how it would work in VR. And one of the first things we discovered is being able to get to an object from a distance without having to mm -hmm. always go right up to it is great in VR because movement is sort of uh, one of the highest friction areas of the experience. And so it was just kind of, it was a mix of, oh, we sort of have this gravity gun feel and we have a really great mechanic that makes it easier to play a game in VR. Uh, so from there, it was just sort of experimenting with with uh, how it should operate. We knew we, we didn't really want a separate weapon like the gravity gun that you would have to equip and carry to use. We wanted it to just be a natural action that could sort of always be available to you. The, the trickiest part was figuring out how to activate them and how to you know, operate them. Uh, as soon as we would have some kind of a toggle to turn them on or off or a, a switch involved or a button, then people stopped using them because it was, there was that one extra step they had to take, and so they would come up with different solutions. So we worked on having them always available, but not obnoxious. You know, they can't be too obtrusive and interfering with your game. And uh, it was the same thing with actually pulling something to you. As soon as we put it on a button or, you know, some kind of a key press, then people wouldn't understand how to use it. It didn't make that much sense, and it didn't really feel like VR. 
pushing a button is sort of the least VR thing you can do unless it's a button that's representing something physical in the game. So then we sort of went to the gesture ideas. We tried a bunch of different gestures and we just sort of settled on this feeling of attaching to something from a distance, like with a string, and then just pulling it towards you and having it fly through the air to your hand. It's it's basically the force. I feel like a lot of great VR gestures are just like, oh, you're creating magic yeah. that I've seen in movies, yeah, and, except much. I'm doing it. Yeah. And it feels so natural to, you know, to just grab and pull. And and then we have a bunch of behind the scenes work going on there to physically drive the object towards your hand and make it an easier catch. So the entire action can be done <clears throat> very naturally. You don't have to think about it. And it's fun watching people play the game and they start off and they sort of, they work at it and they're clearly thinking about it as they perform the action. But then pretty quickly as they play, it becomes more and more second nature. And before they know it, they're not even thinking about the fact that they're pulling objects to them. They're just doing it because that's what you do as you move through this world. And so it's really satisfying to see it become a natural extension of your physical movements. I guess implementing these VR mechanics in general, movement is the big one. Uh, I started out with the initial, was it the blink mode, where you're just teleporting uh, quickly to different spots. But I really like the the next mode over where you can actually see the world move really fast towards you. Uh, I also tried the other two. The one that is, um, what was the, the next one is also based on the the direction of your head. There's continuous based on the direction yeah. you're looking and then continuous yeah. based on the direction of your hand. Uh, yeah, I got... I got a little seasick with both of those. So I was like quickly away from them, but it's really cool that you guys left those options in there. How did you go about testing those and how did you come up with, um, you know, these iterations of movement? Well, t testing was uh, rendered a little easier because each movement type uh, uses the same markup in the world. So they, they, they all obey the same rules. Um, mm -hmm. So even though the, the, the testing matrix is a little larger, it wasn't as bad as it might seem at first. Um, we wanted to leave those in because there is a segment of the population who don't get motion sick at all. And clearly the traditional way of moving through FPS games is um, continuous movement. Um, yeah. like th that, that was always essential for us. But the teleport movement, as you, know, as, as you experienced, is the one that is the most comfortable on that uh, continuum. And, and you know, if, you're, if you experience any motion sickness at all, then that doesn't seem to um, trigger it. So everybody has their, their own favorite. Um, and my personal favorite is the continuous motion because I'm lucky enough to not get sick. I feel like I could get used to it. It was just a weird sense of like, oh, I'm pointing in one direction, but my body is like not moving in that direction. <laughs> and my brain is just short-circuiting short at that point. Yeah. So what, what I felt like, uh, so it took me a couple of days to get used to it. And I just, every time I'm moving around it, I'm imagining myself standing on a Segway device. Mm -hmm. You know, just kind of rolling along the yeah yeah the, the the street or something like that, and then it feels like oh yeah okay, I can uh, it doesn't really bother me at all. <laughs> Are there any other design challenges you guys can speak to, uh, Carrie? I saw your talk at Digipen about just about opening doors yeah. and like a simple thing in VR, which sounds simple enough in any game, but in VR there there's like multiple levels to this. Any can you explain that situation? Also, any other VR implementations you guys had to deal with? Yeah, the, the interactions uh, present a real problem. You would you would expect now that you have physical hands that follow mm -hmm. your, your real hands, then you should just be able to interact in the world like you normally would. But because this is a game and you don't actually have physical feedback 
of solid objects pushing back on you, or even the sense of touch when your hand is touching an object, um, it makes all those interactions more difficult and makes you feel sort of clumsy in everything you're trying to do. And when people play a game, they want to play a game to feel more powerful and more capable than yeah. their real life self. And, and immediately this is doing the opposite. It's making you feel less capable. So we had to overcome that just to get you back to feeling like a regular person in the regular world. And most of that is mm -hmm. just about trying to anticipate what you're trying to do in the moment. Um, you know, if we see your hand reaching towards an object, especially if that object is something important like ammo, then we are going to make the assumption you're probably trying to pick that up. So we do a little bit of work behind the scenes to move your game hand into a proper position to actually accomplish that. And so even though your physical hand might still be eight or 10 inches away from the object, um, your game hand is where it needs to be. And then when you perform the grab action, it's going to attach that to your hand. And then it, over time, it very quietly pulls the game hand back to your physical hand as you move around in order to close that distance. And so almost any time that you grab something or interact with something, we are taking control of your in-game hand to make it look correct, to make it attach as correctly as possible and make it feel like you're having a natural interaction, even though in reality, um, you're, you're not even close to where you need to be. <laughs> Could you talk about that door situation in particular? Because it seems like such a simple thing, right? We sh we all know how to open doors, yeah. but it's a little <laughs> different in VR. Yeah, we just, you know, especially for people who are experienced gamers, uh, you're used to a button press opens a door. That's the way it's always worked. And so in, in VR, people didn't, really think about having to turn a door handle to open a door. They would just, if they would reach out at all, which often they wouldn't, they would just sort of feel stumped at this door. Then they would sort of just grab the handle and stand there and wait for it to open as if it was a switch. Mm -hmm. So uh, instead of trying to, you know, constantly having to tell people, no, no, you need to turn the door handle to open the door. Then we did, you know, some more of the game tricks in there. And when you grab the handle, it just opens for you. It animates your hand and it opens the door uh -huh. as if you had performed the action yourself. And it, it sort of tricks you into thinking that you've done the thing that you didn't really do. But it also teaches you because you see the door handle move and you realize, oh, I need to open the door by turning the door handle. And from then on, you can actually physically do it yourself if you want to. Or if you never care about that particular gesture, then the game will just take care of it for you. Was there any VR tech that you guys wanted to take advantage of that you couldn't? Uh, I've seen a lot of eye tracking demos and I feel like that coupled with like the uh, the gravity gloves would have been kind of an amazing thing. Anything else? Eye tracking? Anything beyond that? And what what are you looking forward to for upcoming VR tech? I mean, eye tracking would be fantastic if if it was really good because that would solve a lot of the trouble around this trying to determine what the player is attempting to do, especially if if they reach out to a pile of objects, which we can have in the game. Which one are they trying to pick up? Uh, if we could actually track your eyes and see which object you're looking at, that would give us a bunch more interesting information. So that that would be nice to have. Um, but yeah, that's that's just not something that we're able to take advantage of at the moment, especially because for a game like this, we really want it to be available to the widest audience possible. So you know, make, making it available on Vive and Index and the Rift and uh, the Quest with Link Cable and all these other. Uh, hardware devices that are out there, Windows MR and 
eye tracking is something that is not available on any of them or yeah if it yeah. is available on anything it's only going to be a very small number of people that would have that tech available to them and so mm -hmm. using it then is going to close off all those people so it, it just wouldn't have been appropriate for this project even if it was um, you know, usable in some form. For sure. But if it was available, that's something you guys would really like to tap into, it sounds like. Uh, as a programmer, I'd love to use anything we can in the future, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Well, looking at the next steps of VR, I do feel like uh, I've been reviewing all the consumer VR headsets. I've been following this market, but it seems like it's there was a really great hype cycle early on when all these things were coming out. And then things kind of quieted down a bit. I'm still loving these headsets and a lot of the games, but it seems like the market is in a place where... Either people aren't getting enough of these headsets or developers aren't pumping out enough of these games. What do you guys think is the next step of consumer VR? And how do you think Half-Life Alex in a game like this can kind of push the industry forward a bit? We are certainly hoping that Half-Life Alex um, is a an experience that uh, a lot of people um, enjoy and 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 want to want to uh, experience. We're hoping that that will perhaps drive from the software side the sales of the hardware. Um, mm -hmm. we, we definitely know that there are roadblocks to uh, a lot of people owning VR hardware at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. the, the accessibility of, you know, we still have tethers in some cases and tracking devices in some cases. I think that, that accessibility needs to improve uh, a decent amount before we have very, very widespread use of the hardware. Um, but we're definitely at that point at the moment where we need software to be driving um, interest in the platform at the same time. And that's what mm -hmm. we're trying to do here. We're trying to create this experience that people are going to want to have and are going to talk to each other about and are going to play through the game and then think about it afterwards and then compare it favorably to existing gaming platforms like mobile and PC and console. Uh, if a month from now, after somebody's played Half-Life Alex and they're playing, their, uh, they're playing on their console, they're thinking, boy, I wish this was in VR then we've done uh, a good job at kind of put the, driving the interest of the platform that way. But I think it has to be both sides. It has to be accessible because if somebody really wants something, if they physically can't put it in their home, um, you know, it's we, they could want it all we want, but it's not going to um, push the platform forward. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm about, I think, six or seven hours into the game. I've definitely gone through a lot of creepy things. So curse <laughs> you all for putting us through that. Like there are definitely experiences that I've won through that don't feel like any other game because it's in VR, the entire thing where it's complete darkness and you're just discovering the flashlight, that whole sequence of like when you're underground and everything is, uh, there are bombs all around you, so you can't even shoot properly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a very specific thing. Is there anything like that design-wise when designing a VR level that was different for you guys when it comes to doing this in VR versus a standard 2D game? Uh, yeah, there were there were quite a, there were quite a few changes we had to make in our thinking of how do you design and create levels in VR versus flat screen games. Um, mm -hmm. cl clearly, the uh, the movement uh, paradigm is very different. Um, players are moving through the the world uh, a lot slower. They're they're scrutinizing their environment more. They're getting a lot more immersed in the mood and the atmosphere because it completely surrounds you. And the spatialized sound is, you know, it's, it's adding a lot to the atmosphere. So yeah. We get a lot of that. That's a very powerful part of VR. So we want to incorporate that in the level design as closely as possible. But we also want to bring a lot of the mechanics that would traditionally be spread out pretty uh, wide in a, in, a, in a normal FPS. We want to condense those things in. We want to bring those in closer to the player. 
so that they can experience more in every section of the game. VR gives us a lot of strength, a lot of power to create atmosphere and to create tension. Um, but it also gives us a lot of um, tools for interactivity that we never had before, mm -hmm. like reaching and leaning uh, and ducking and peeking and all of that kind of thing. It's very, it's very natural uh, to do in VR. And we can use those as tools for level design. We can have you reach through the broken glass of a door and then open up the lock on the back side of it, for example, which you can never do with just the keyboard. Um, mm -hmm. So we have so much... We have so much in the way of those uh, six degree of freedom inputs to take advantage of uh, in VR that I really feel like we're only scratching the surface of the kinds of things you can do, uh, given the product that we finished up with here. Um, because as we were building levels, we were realizing more and more and more things that we could do, you know, and then we run out of time when we have to ship this product, but it feels like a very, very fertile platform to continue to exploit and to uh, explore. Excellent. Well, Anything else you guys want to add about uh, about Half-Life Alex and your development experience so far? Well, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've been uh, I've been involved in the Half-Life uh, IP since it began in '96, um, and I have to say I don't think I've worked on a project anything like this before. It reinvigorated my interest in the franchise, and it's just this brand new. I, 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 I kind of characterize it as. It's not just your fingers interacting with the game now, it's your entire yeah, body. Yeah. And because your entire body is involved, the excitement level, the immersion level, the interactivity level is just on a different scale. I feel like when we start watching streamers come out with uh, their playthroughs, they're going to be saying the same thing. They're going to be saying, you have to experience this. Uh, yeah. I can't tell you what it's like to play through. You have to actually do it. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of that, and it really makes a lot of sense after having developed in this uh, medium for uh, as long as we have. Yeah, it's, it's been a really fun uh, four years around the office because, you know, we've known for a long time that everybody wanted to do more Half-Life, and we were interested in it, and just trying to figure out how to accomplish that. And uh, once it actually started happening, I guess I hadn't realized for me personally, how badly I wanted to be working on Half-Life. And there's sort of that sense <laughs> around everyone. It's like, oh, we knew we wanted this, but we didn't know how much we wanted this until we actually started working on this project. And it was just such a thrill that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be suffering some real real withdrawal when this is done. Uh, I, I mean, I'd, I don't be suffering do it, it from home now. alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sitting at home with nothing to do. This has been just... <laughs> so exciting that it's it's going to be tough to to move on to other stuff when this is done i feel like that's the best experience after any major creative initiative thank you so much guys for chatting with us absolutely appreciate thank it you. thank you for your time